The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking, No Bullshit Radio Show. We've had a great response to last week's show. It was about adding value to your business transactions and the fantastic difference that it can make to your bottom line. You know, added value enhances your customer loyalty, it drives word of mouth, and it decreases your marketing costs. And if you do it right, added value can really turn your business around. I had a new investment segment also last week, and that generated quite a lot of emails and inquiries. Now, each week, I'm going to feature one new product from an entrepreneur who's looking for investment. I go through the projects first to make sure that any investment I talk about really represents a good investment, and I hope that um, you might listen in, and if you have some spare dollars that you'd like to invest wisely, that you um, email us. The sole purpose of this show is to help you to run a successful business. You know, we can't all be great at everything. You know, I have helped in my business across a wide spectrum of disciplines. So this show, I hope, gives you tips to help you succeed. And we really want your feedback. This show is all about you. So I want you to write to me, to email me, tweet me, become my contact on LinkedIn, go to my website, bobpritchard.com and subscribe to my newsletter. Tell me what you think. Share your ideas, your criticisms and of course your praise and let me know what you'd like me to talk about. I'm coming to you this week again from Los Angeles and with the economy remaining really tough and many people losing their jobs, the lure of multi-level marketing opportunities become irresistible to a lot of people. So today, I'm going to discuss the pros and cons of multi-level marketing. Marketing, Multi-level marketing starts a bit like this. I'd love you to come around to my house for a discussion with a few of my friends. I want to tell you about a fantastic new opportunity and you can get in on the ground floor. Your antenna immediately goes up and you think, uh-oh, how the hell can I get out of this? I'm going to be hard sold on some new multi-level marketing scheme. Now, I know a lot of people who have garages full of product that they bought, hoping that they can sell it down the chain through lots of friends they've recruited, and then that their friends will sell it down the chain to friends that they've got, and so on. I also know people, including my long-term friend Linda, who I'm interviewing a bit later, who have done extremely well. So let's look at the pros and cons 
of multi-level marketing as I see it. Okay, let's begin with the positives of multi-level marketing. Joining an MLM is a bit like starting a franchise. The company is usually appears successful. It offers quality and continuous training and has marketing tools that have proven to be effective. They also have an extremely motivating support program that's lacking in most startup businesses. They usually offer a good product with little administration for you to do. And distributors simply have to focus on marketing the products. It all sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? You become your own boss. You have the flexibility to spend a lot more time with your family and not miss all those special events with your kids. You can also use it to supplement your main income, if you have one, giving you more freedom and more choice. Instead of doing what the boss tells you to do, you become your own boss. If you're a good entrepreneur, you can implement your own ideas to drive your success, and you can do it from home. It's also usually a lot less expensive than opening up your own business and has a lot less risk. So the big advantage, I guess, for most people is that you can work your own hours and ideally most of the efforts required at the beginning. You have a team of people working beneath you and once you're set up, most time should be spent finding new ways to promote, attract people, follow up, mentor, teach and support the people that you've recruited. And the internet these days can help drive your sales 24-7 without much effort. Over the past week, as we've been researching MLM companies, I've discovered there are really two types of MLM companies today. The traditional type and the new style of network marketing company that seems to be really in tune with today's business environment. For me... The major problem that I've had with the traditional MLM companies is the business model and the way that the majority of them promote the opportunity and totally distort the real facts. These traditional MLMs promote easy money. Join up. Get your friends to join. They get their friends to join and you make money on everything that everybody below you on the chain sells. This could be hundreds of people all making money for you. Wow, how easy is that? I make money while I'm sleeping. And look at Bob and Jane and Bill and Mary. They started out just like you and now they have a 100-foot yacht. They've got two Mercedes, a six-bedroom house in Florida. The sales pitch of MLMs is reinforced by fantastic videos that in the old style focus more on the luxury yachts and the cars than on the product. That can be you, they say. Unbridled greed for easy money suspends logical judgment. The majority of MLM companies also say that in regular business, over 95% of businesses fail, and with MLM, the failure rate is almost zero. Well, those arguments all sound pretty good. The problem is they're all bullshit. Network marketing now industry's own training newsletter says MLM companies go out of business every month. Jack Smith, the prominent MLM attorney, says MLM has a similar failure rate to traditional business. So why don't they just own up with that? To that, There's nothing wrong with that 
In fact, I think it's very encouraging. But in the old style MLM, it's not about selling the product. It's about selling the get rich dream. The idea is to get 10 friends to get 10 friends and so on. But at level nine of 10 friends getting 10 friends, there are 1 billion people selling the product. Now, that's just ridiculous. It can't happen. So it's an unsustainable business model uh, where almost everyone, except an exceptional networker or someone who gets in early, has to fail. How come MLMs can take on thousands of totally inexperienced salespeople who, whose only expertise is that they have gullible friends? Now, MLM companies will say that this system works because you cut out the wholesaler and the retailer margins. The reality is that no product in the real world would survive if overrides and royalties had to be paid to 10 people in the chain. What value do these distributors in the chain add to the consumer? Absolutely none. Now, the biggest point made by people who are involved in multi-level marketing is that it divides family and friends. They cease becoming friends and become business prospects. According to the US Small Business Administration Office of Advocacy and confirmed by Network Marketing Now, over 70% of people who become distributors in MLM companies drop out. The overall failure rate is estimated at 99%. Less than 1% of MLM participants ever make a profit. The new skin literature claims that distributors can earn $10,000 a month, but in reality, over 89% earn less than $38 a month. Big difference between $10,000 and $38. Amway has over 3 million distributors, yet despite claims of earning huge money, the average monthly income of committed Amway distributors is $90. Network Marketing Now also said you should join a relatively newer MLM as it's hard to make big money if the MLS MLM is over five years old because there are too many distributors in the system. And the profits of those at the top come from a continuous influx of gullible investors at the bottom. Now, my argument is not with the principle of MLM. It is the way that most traditional MLM companies market the opportunity. And what I discovered, though, during the week is there's also a new category of multi-level marketing company, such as the one my friend Linda works for, Arbon. Now, these companies offer good products. They sell direct through the internet so distributors do not have to carry stock and products are delivered directly to the customer. Now, this overcomes one of my major objections in that you don't, are not selling stock to people to sell stock to people to sell stock to people. So there is no commitment to buy stock. Obviously, you need to buy some stock to show people, but you're not committed to major stock purchases. Because it's ordered by internet and delivered direct to the customer, it really does eliminate up to 100, you know, markups are 100% and often more. It eliminates that 100% markup. So part of that goes back to the multi-level marketing company and the rest of it is distributed as commission. And that makes perfect sense. 
And at Arbonne, they call this intellectual distribution. So what it is, it's taking the advantages of the internet and sophisticated marketing um, techniques and delivering them the results to the people who are working in the business. Now, the new multi-level marketing companies also recognise that making money is tough in any business. It doesn't matter what business you're in, whether you're starting a franchise or opening your own business or doing MLM. It's tough. And they acknowledge that the failure rates are similar to other business opportunities, but what they're saying is that it costs you much less to get in and your risk is so much less than either with a, um, a franchise or starting a new business. And they focus on the strong selling points such as the advantages of this low investment, flexibility, the great marketing techniques and, and programs that they've developed, the emotional and motiva motivational support that they give you. And this is really critical because when you're in business and when you start off in business and you're battling to try and get, you need emotional support. You need motivation to be able to keep going and get over that hump so that you can continue to grow and be successful. So sure, you can still get your Learjet, your boat and two Mercedes, but they're realistic about it. You work hard, you build yourself a good network and you will do well. So the result is a real business that does provide great opportunity. So the reality is that to be successful in MLM, you need to work hard and smart, adopt a vision and a business plan like in any other business. Despite the bullshit in unethical promotional videos and at conferences, it will take you five years or three to five years to build any sort of decent business, no matter what area you go in. No business is plain sailing. In MLM, like any other business, there will be a stack of obstacles to overcome. To run a business, any business, takes certain skills. Only a few people have those skills, and the overwhelming majority of people just don't have them. Otherwise, instead of a 95% failure rate in most businesses, you have a zero failure rate. The reality is very few people can run a successful business. In any business, irrespective of what it is, you have to continue to learn. You have to continue to improve your skills. You have to be passionate about it. And you have to work harder than you've ever worked in your life. I remember 25 years ago when I first moved to the United States, when we set up on Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles, it was bloody hard yak. You really had to work extremely hard and you had to work 18 hours a day and you had to continue to learn. I went to conference after conference after conference so that I could pick up more and more information to enable me to grow my business. It takes more than a desire for easy money and to have other people make you rich to be successful. 
and all the training I've done and all the successful people that I've met, there are some people who are just born to be successful and will be successful no matter what business they're in and whatever adversity confronts them. And my next guest is just one of those people. So when you're thinking about going into a business or a franchise or MLM, have a good look at the opportunity that's confronted that confronts you. Have a look at the support they give you. Have a look at the success of the people inside the organisation. Don't be lured by greed. Make sure that you make decisions based on sound business principles. Now, don't forget to let me know what you'd like me to discuss on the program. Go to bobpritchard.com, tweet me, email me, contact me on LinkedIn, send a bloody carrier pigeon. I don't care how you get a message to me, but contact me and let me know what you think. Just get in touch and let's get this country moving again. I'll be back in a couple of minutes with my first guest. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Hi there, welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking, Tell It As It Is, No Bullshit Radio Show. My first guest today has been a friend of mine for 25 years. When I first met Linda Blum Huntington, she was the president of Emerald Forest Music, representing the catalogues of superstars such as Macy Gray and Sophie B. Hawkins, and had been the executive producer for people such as 26 times Grammy Award winner Alison Krauss, and John Waite. For the past few years, Linda's been developing a global business with Arbon, a multi-level health and wellness range of products, and has been extremely successful. 
Arbonne has over 600 products which are botanically based, pure, safe, vegan, not tested on animals, and they're PETA certified, and they're green. I've got to add here that Linda is an absolute dynamo with a personality that doesn't quit, as you'll find out in a second, and she would be successful in any field of endeavour. It doesn't matter what it is. Linda, great to speak with you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Bob, for having me on, and great to speak with you again, too. You've enjoyed a hugely successful career in the music business at the highest level. So how does that translate or relate into your new career with Arbonne Network Marketing? Well, you know what? That's a pretty funny question as I explain this answer because when I first started my Arbonne business, I had no interest whatsoever in crossing over into any of my music industry relationships. So I spent the first year avoiding it at all costs, which speaks to quite a bit of the beginning of my business with Arbonne. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, now I have many, many people that I have worked with very successfully over the years in uh, the music business, very interested in joining me in my Arbonne journey because it's something that we can do on the side and it is providing incredible, incredible financial security and, and big, big financial plan B's for a lot of people that still love their careers in the arts, but can no longer rely on them financially. Well, marketing's got a lot of detractors, but obviously it works very well for you. Um, Can you explain to me what you believe the network marketing means in the tough financial landscape we have today? Okay, well, that's a two-part question. Yes, it has a lot of non-believers, of which um, I certainly was one. I was the first person to say, oh, my God, is that a pyramid? I'm not interested. I'm not interested in selling lipsticks or eye cream or whatever that is. Um, and I said that for about a year. So um, l- let me elaborate for a second. What we have in the network marketing industry is a business that is, goes back to the days of Bible sales and encyclopedia sales. Mm-hmm. Um, but in advent of the Internet and the familiarity with people shopping on the Internet and expecting to be able to buy better products for lesser price, and have it come right to their door. Sure. Uh, we have a whole new philosophy and attitude towards what network marketing means, at least in today's financial landscape for our bond. All network marketing companies have one common bond, and that is they cut out the middleman, yeah. right? We all, you know, if you talk about Amway or Avon or Cutco Knives or Pampered Chef that Warren Buffett owns, yeah. they're all cutting out the middleman. After that, they all have different business models. In Arbonne, the business model is designed for very successful, very busy people. There's no inventory involved. Everything takes place through the computer. It's called intellectual distribution is really what it is, which is a great new term. It's a I love. great name. I love it. Yeah, okay. Oh, it's a great term. I love it. Um, we are educating people how to tap into our distribution networks and access them, and we connect them to us through an ID so that when they go on and they go shopping, we make money. Two years from now, they run out of their products, they go on and they go shopping. I'm sleeping in Alaska, and I'm making money. Um, so in today's financial landscape, 
it is a very different story than what many people, including myself, um, believe network marketing is. So we're re-educating people. Okay. Uh, so one of the most difficult challenges that you've met in, in building a successful network marketing business? Well, that, that what I just mentioned is one of the big ones. We, we, are, we are re-educating people about what network marketing is right now in our economy, in our financial world, in our shopping experience. People now are accustomed and expect to be able to get a get better product for less money. Yes. How do you do that? You have to do it really online. Yes. In 2008, the tipping point happened when retail started going down and Internet started going up. Yes. So if someone wants, you know, we know statistically that 40% of the cost that winds up in the end to the end user is spent on advertising and marketing and endorsements, yep. retail space inside of department stores and retail stores and, and then for employees to sell those products. So what happens in our bonds business model is the products go directly from the warehouse to the consumer. So we're able to give a, the end consumer a far superior product, and I, I haven't even mentioned the fact that our bonds products don't contain parabens, phthalates, and mineral oil—all things that are that are known carcinogens um, that the FDA doesn't protect us from here in the United States. So what we're able to do is give the end user a far better product for less money. We're able to send lots of money back to Arbonne for continued research and development, which we do in Switzerland. And a large portion of that money comes to us because technically we are the distributors. But the beauty is we, we do not have to touch the product. It, it, it's absolutely, it's absolutely incredible that that so many people have such a misconstrued understanding of what network marketing is. It is, it, it, it's an extraordinary business model. Why wouldn't it work? When you know, look at some of the products that are we see on TV that have come into our homes and have become huge brands. Those are called through infomercials. Sure. We didn't have infomercials 20 years ago. I don't know the exact amount of time, but we didn't have them. Yeah, that's right. Who thought they would work? Who thought people would make a lot of money from infomercials? Well, a lot of people were doubters, and some people were visionaries. I I think one of the big differences that I I can see just listening to you is that you are not handling product. I think that so many of them, um, and I was going to mention um, Amway. You know, Amway's got three million distributors uh, who were promised, you know, up to ten thousand dollars a month, and yet the average income for an Amway distributor is ninety bucks. Um, so, I guess that when you're not handling product and you're not selling product and selling it down the chain, it makes a big difference to the effectiveness of the of the business model. You want me to tell you what the big difference is between Amway and, and Arbonne without me even knowing what Amway's business model really truly looks like in depth? Sure. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a few things. Number one is this. What, what Arbonne's products are everyday products that every single person who has skin and hair uses. Right. Okay? Yep. So if I stop shopping at Bloomingdale's or wherever I'm shopping, and I start redirecting that spending to my Arbonne store. Right. And I teach you how to do that merely by bringing you over some products to try one day. Or when I come to your home, I bring you a bottle of wine and a shave gel. Yeah. 
and you love that shave gel, and you say, how do I get that? You've just wanted, you have made very clear you want to tap into my distribution. All we're doing is we're teaching people by letting the products sell themselves how to redirect spending that they do anyway. Arbonne is a 32-year-old company worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that just started to go global. Right. And it... I'm sorry. I think one of the other things about um, the has bothered multi-level marketing is the fact that um, um, people come into it that have got no experience and in, in a lot of cases are lured simply by greed. And, you know, my view is that um, making money in business is tough and I don't care what business you're in, I don't care whether you're in multi-level marketing, you've got a retail story or you manufacture. It's bloody hard out there. And if you're one of the people, a small percentage of people that has the skills to be successful, I think you're going to be successful no matter what you do. Um, and if you don't have those skills, you're not going to be successful no matter what you do. Do you agree You know with what? I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I will tell you that anybody who has done any other network marketing business and then has come to Arbonne and has been very successful, and do not get me wrong, you can be successful in anything you want to be successful with, you really, really, really put your mind to it, and you've get, and you are given the proper tools to do it. Yeah. Okay. So one of the so the statement that everybody makes, and I am I can attest to it, is that the training and the support is absolutely astonishing. I cannot be successful in my business without helping my team be successful. Absolutely. However. I can't want it for somebody more than they want it for themselves. And in network marketing, the only thing that will allow you to fail is if you quit. But if you continue to grow and be trained and allow yourself to have the time you need to grow your business, and sometimes that happens quickly and sometimes that happens slowly, you can have a successful business with this with, within this industry if you have a good coach and if you're coachable. Yeah. When I started my business, I was not coachable, Bob. I spent four months doing this business my way, and after four months, my friend Sue was getting her white Mercedes Benz, which is the car of our bond. Sure. Yeah. And I said, why are you getting your car and I'm not getting mine? And she said, because you're complicating this. I said, what do you mean? She said, if you want what they have, do what they tell you to do. And I said, well, what am I doing wrong? And she said, everything. <laughs> and at that point, I could have quit and said, our bond didn't work for me. Yeah. Very easily. But I didn't. What I did instead was I said, okay, I am following your lead. And guess what? In four months... I was a VP with Arbonne, and I was getting my car four months. Yeah. I interview people to see if they are a good fit for my organization. That's how I treat my business. This is huge money. This is huge opportunity. It doesn't mean everybody's going to make it. It doesn't mean that it's right for everybody. The products are right for everybody. It doesn't mean the business is right for everybody. Sure. Some people want to make sure. Okay. We, we are really out of time. Um, I think that's great. I think you clearly differentiated um, yourselves from, or yourself and, and Arbonne from um, traditional MLM companies. It is great to talk to you again, and I, I do look forward to catching up soon. 
and I wish you continued success. I do email address is Linda, L-I-N-D-A, at thelifeboard.net. That's T-H-E-L-I-F-E-B-O-A-R-D.net. Linda at thelifeboard.net. Great to talk to you, kid. Talk to you soon. Thank you for having me on, Bob. I look forward to seeing you again, too. Thank you. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, coming to you today from Los Angeles. This segment of the show is about the business of show business. It's not all that gossipy crap from the tabloids, but this is the nitty-gritty behind TV, radio, music and film, how you actually make a living at this stuff. So today I thought we'd find out what it's really like to become an actor. In business, success is always twice as hard, takes four times as long and costs triple what you expected it to cost. And I suspect acting is even tougher. I have with me today Elise Angel, who despite her experience with a professional Shakespeare company in plays such as Twelfth Night and Much Ado About Nothing, starred in a rock opera, theatre productions including West Side Story, lead roles in a number of independent films and television shows, she still describes herself as an aspiring actress. Hi Elise, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. When I look at all the training you've done and the wide variety of experience you've had, it really is damned hard work to get that big break in acting, isn't it? Mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> Seems impossible some days. Yeah. Um, 
in LA where we both live, it seems that every waiter and every valet parking attendant's an aspiring actor that's waiting for that huge break. So what inspires you to get up in the morning and go out again today and visit more agents and go to auditions and do whatever you need to do to keep yourself out there? Um, I would say it's the experiences, you know, the chance to do something that I would never do otherwise. Um, every audition is different and every role is different. And I think at the end of the day, it all boils down to the fact that I like what I do. I like acting. Even if it's just a three-minute audition that I have to wait an hour just to get into, you know, twice a week. But it, it's still acting, and I like it, and I still get excited every time I go. Yeah, that, that's great. That, that's the key to it, isn't it? Um, a lot of actors drop out, don't they? Yes, they just, every day. Yeah, they just find it way too hard. Um, it's one of the issues for an actor that's um, trying to break into the business try to pay for a roof over their head and put food on the table and fit that in around having to do auditions and rehearse for any small parts they might have, etc. Is it hard to sort of balance those two so that you can eat? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think what's sort of worse about it, though, is not just the food and the rent and the insurance, but it's also the fact that it's, you know, expensive to be an actor. I need headshots and I need a website and I need to take classes and I need to go to showcases and all of that costs money in addition to, you know, the money that I need just to live. And yeah. so, I, yeah, it's definitely, it's tedious and it's stressful just to get by. Yeah, there are things that I, I, I hadn't really thought about, but um, there's a lot of experience. How do, you, how do you differentiate yourself if you're in Los Angeles and there's, I don't know how many aspiring uh, female actors there are, but let's say there's, I don't know, there seems to be tens of thousands of them. How do you differentiate yourself? I mean, when you go along to an audition, how do you stand out from anybody else that's out there? Well, it's, it's weird. You know, there like a, there's big casting calls where you're one in a hundred. You know, there's a whole bunch of you there, and that's, it's a strange feeling. But I get, I have to convince myself that a casting director knows what they're doing. And if I walk in and I am right for the role, then it doesn't matter if there's 2,000 people in the waiting room because I'm the one that's right for that role. And I, you, ha you have to look at it that way, otherwise you'll go insane. On the other end of the spectrum, you go into certain casting calls where there's only you know three of you. You all look exactly the same, same height, same weight, except one's a blonde and one's a brunette and one's a redhead. And yeah. That's yeah. really surreal, too, because you have to ask yourself, does it matter if I'm a good actor or does it matter if I'm a redhead? Yeah. The, when you go to a, a casting call where there's... 500 people or something, do you have to do your bit in front of all of those or do you do your bit just in front of the director or whoever else is? Um, just in, yeah, just in front of the, well, sometimes not even the director. If it's your first go, if it's your first audition, you you wait in the waiting room and when it's your turn, you go in and you meet with the casting director and the casting director runs through the audition with you and you get put on tape and then... Uh, Sometimes they'll have a callback, and if you do, you know, your second audition, then most of the time the director will be there, right. uh, in the room with you, um, watching you do your second audition. 
And then the third step, I guess, would be to be put on a veil, which is short for available, which is where they typically kind of pick two or three people that they want for the role, and they put you all on a veil until they make their final decision. That way you don't go book something else in the meantime. Right. And I then you get that call. I feel stressed just thinking about it. <laughs> it's a process. Going it's back, a process just to start the process. But going back each time, that just keeps piling um, anxiousness on top of anxiousness. Yes. I know that's yes. not a word, but gee, by the time you get to the third or fourth call, you'd be a, a screaming nut. At least Absolutely. The, the great thing about I spent quite a few years as an entertainer myself. And the thing I like about it is everybody in this in the industry, well, most people in the industry are a little bit nuts, and yeah. that's exciting to me. That's one of the reasons I love the business is because it's exciting. You know, I, yeah. I can't imagine going and working in a bank where you say, "Hello, Mrs. Smith, how are you? Would you like it in tens or twenties today?" You know, I'd kill myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> when did you first develop? the burning passion to be an actor? Has that always been with you? Um, I, I guess, yes, it has. You know, I started acting when I was in grade school, when I was very little, right. in school plays and in community theater and things like that. And I loved it, and I knew that I was good at it, and I wanted to just do more and more and more. But it wasn't really until college, so way later, that I realized that I preferred film over theater. You know, I really got the idea. I got it. I got that there's a big difference And when I started doing film, and I realized the intimacy of film acting was what I preferred. You know, it's just it's just my choice. Not everybody agrees with me, but for me, it's a, it's a style choice, and I prefer the intimacy of film. And then I think when it all came together, my love for it, and am I going to do this the rest of my life? Is this really what I want to put myself through? It all came together after I watched a movie called And the Band Played On. And that film really put me on track, put me on this track of this is absolutely what I want to do. I want to be in films like this. I want to be in films that change the way people think and feel and they walk out of the theater different. Mm. And that was that was it. It all came together. You know, this is absolutely what I should be doing. That's great. That's really interesting because... Um a lot of people say that they love being on stage. They love being able to see the, the whites of the audience's eyes and that brings out the best in their performance. Um, I know when, when I was doing television, just standing there without, and in those days a lot of no audience, and you'd stand there just in front of a camera or a couple of cameras and it's it's not really very intimate, is it? To... Um to be in theater is not very intimate. No, to be to be on making a movie or television, you've got to really um, pretend that there's an audience there, don't you? Oh, I, well, for me, uh, for me, I would say the opposite because when you're doing film, the camera is right in your face. It's going to catch every move you make. It's going to see every every little characteristic that you put into the role it's going to pick up on and you have yeah. to be super careful it's really challenging because if you're not 100% committed to that role the camera's going to know it whereas i mm. think with theater it's a, it's bigger it's you know it's obviously bigger and it's it's wonderful and you can be just as moved after watching a play as you can after watching a film but for me the style difference um, is what made me want to do film i i prefer the style of uh, a smaller, 
intimate performance with the camera right there in your face. You know, you can't lie. You can't fake it. <laughs> Do you still get nervous? I don't get nervous. I get excited. Okay, that <laughs> I was studied, great. I studied with Howard Fine, and he, he explained the difference between nerves and excitement. <laughs> and I realized that, I, yeah, when I go to auditions and, and before I do films or commercials or TV, I get very, very excited about it because I love what I do. And in a way, that could be nerves, <laughs> but it's certainly not a negative thing. I'm, was, I'm just happy yeah. every day I work. I was going to ask you, what's the difference between nerves and excitement? Um, I do a lot of speaking, and before I go, I know I've done 1,500 speeches or something, but I still get really nervous. But you're going to tell me that that's excitement. That's good. makes me feel better. Um, what's, the, what's the one thing you know now that you wish you had known when you first started? Uh, the business stuff. <laughs> the whole reason we're doing this interview. <laughs> the, the business side of things. You know, I always thought when I first started acting, I thought that if I did a good job and I did my best, and I was the best actor in the room, that that's what would get me noticed. And through the years, I've realized that it really is about who you know and networking and promoting yourself and putting yourself out there and having the best representation. Um, that's what's going to get you noticed. And it's unfortunate because I would love to have this all be based on who's talented and who isn't. Yeah. But the truth is that's not the case, and that's why a lot of people give up. Okay, we've got about a minute left. So what um, what sort of things do you do? What would your general routine be to keep yourself noticed, to keep yourself out in the in, in the eye? Is it is it using social media these days or is it contacting um, agents all the time? What, what's the what's your general routine as to doing achieving that? Well, uh, I think you need to have the absolute best representation. And it's not about which agency is raked the highest, you know, which mm -hmm. one is the most popular. It's about having an agent that gets you, having an agent that's going to fight for you and put you out there. Because a lot of it is on their shoulders to make sure that you're going to the auditions you need to be going to. And then the other side of it is my responsibility. I need to be submitting every chance I get. I need to be getting my face out there and meeting people and going to networking gigs and things like that, you know, and... It's tedious, but it's important because you've got to get your face out there and people need to know your name. And that's the rule of seven, right? If they hear your name seven times, then they'll remember you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that's right. Thanks, Elise. It was great speaking with you today. I really appreciate it. And uh, I Thank wish you, you continued success as your career continues to go from strength to strength. Now, if you'd like to find out more about Elise, check out her website at www eliseangel.com that's www.eliseangell.com and I'll be back with the final segment of today's show in just a couple of minutes business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible bob pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for fortune 500 companies and smes across the world 
Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking No Bullshit Radio Show coming to you this week from my hometown of Los Angeles. You often hear people talking about us being dumbed down and getting lazy. Well, just how stupid have we become? We all love those polar bears that Coke brings us in their winter advertising. So Coca-Cola decided to have a major promotion, pledging $3 million to help the World Wildlife Fund protect the threatened polar bears. So for the first time in 125 years, Coke decided to bring in a white promotional can featuring the polar bears in the snow. A wonderful idea, a disruptive campaign, and a powerful community-spirited message. I thought it was great. But Coke underestimated the dumbasses out there who obviously can't read. Despite four-inch high signage across every can, the complaints came thick and fast. People confused the white can with Diet Coke. Diabetics claim that they're put in peril. I'm a diabetic, so I read labels. Calorie-conscious fatties accidentally got a shot of dreaded sugar. Messing with the red can colour, some people thought, was sacrilegious. Some even said Coke was getting involved in the climate change debate. Not only that, people said the Coke tastes different. This is another Coke conspiracy to change their formula. For God's sake, it's just a bloody white can. Coca-Cola's pulled the white cans after printing 1.4 billion of them instead of the 2 billion that they intended to print. Have we all gone stark raving mad? This was a great disruptive campaign. Cut short because some people are either too stupid or lazy to read the label. Now, Drano comes in a red can. How come these dumb fuckheads don't drink Drano? It's because they read the label. This promotion's about doing good things for the community. It's not about you. It was a great way to bring focus to the plight of the polar bear. Thumbs up to Coca-Cola for a great idea and thumbs down to the morons who just don't get it. Last week, 
I mentioned a new segment on the show where I feature one company that I think has a great idea and is looking for investment. In this economic market, it's getting more and more difficult to get funding, and I'm hoping that the Bob Pritchard radio show can help to make a difference. So if you're an entrepreneur, have a great product, and are looking for an investor, drop an email to bob at bobpritchard.com, and I'll feature one special opportunity each week. A company called RealView, who is really an optical engineering specialist, has developed an optical screen that gives tremendous depth, clarity and picture quality to television and game console screens. It's like 3D, only better, inexpensive and without glasses and there's no power or technology required. How good is it? Well, at the Las Vegas Consumer Electronics Show, it won one of top 10 products in the show. At Retail Vision Europe, it was best in show. And the Washington Post named it as the hot gadget of 2010. This product already has global sales. If you're interested in investing in RealView, drop me an email at bob at bobpritchard.com and I'll be pleased to pass your inquiry on to the entrepreneur. I think it is terrific. Remember, early stage companies are the ones that return early stage investments, big dividends, often in big multiples. The company lists on the stock exchange, they might only make you 5% five, 5 on your money. Then again, they could go backwards. So new products are a good investment if you do your homework. I received a lot of emails last week, primarily about our discussion about how to use low-cost, highly efficient and effective social media to build your business. I pointed out that social media can be used effectively for public relations, for customer support, for market research, brand marketing, promotions, can be used for consumer education and sales, product development and CRM. Now, most emailers were seeking examples of how they could use social media to achieve their business goals. Last week, I answered an email um, from Alan Johnson of Buffalo, and I gave the example of Sprinkles Cupcakes, who through a secret word promotion on Facebook attracted 70,000 people to become fans. Anne-Marie Catchpole of Cranston, Rhode Island, has asked a similar question. So I have another example of a successful promotion for you, Anne. Dunkin' Donuts created a promotion on Facebook and Twitter where people were asked to upload a picture of themselves with a Dunkin' Donut product. It also asked people to announce their visit to Dunkin' Donuts on an iPhone app and invite orders from others so they could pick them up for them. This promotion involved online through Facebook and Twitter, mobile through the iPhone app, and an in-store promotion. The result in the first week was 800,000 fans on Facebook and over 7,000 people asking runners to pick up a Dunkin' Donuts product for them. So if you've got an example of how you've used social media to drive your business, drop me an email. But it is obviously enormously effective. Don't forget that if I answer your email on air, I will send you a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition. This book is guaranteed to build your success. 
I've been using these 15 keys for years and they always work. So pick up a copy at your local bookstore or Amazon.com. Added value is an extremely effective medium. It's, um, I'll just give you a quick example of a client that I had wholesale blinds. Um, when they delivered putting new blinds, the um, clients always complained that, gee, it's a pity our windows are dirty. So I thought, well, okay. So I got the local tradesman's um, magazine and I um, looked up window washers and I phoned a window washer and said, look, when I install blinds, would you come and wash the windows for us? And I had a guy said yes. And so I brought him in and he washed the windows inside and out for free. And I said, look, I'll introduce you to the householder. I'm not going to pay you. I'll introduce you to the householder. And if you pick up business, that's great. So he said yes. So then I I went back to the tradesman's directory and I found a gardener. And I got them to come in and mow the lawns and trim the hedges and do all that. Also for free, but I introduced them to the householder. So when you had blinds put in, you had the windows washed inside and out, you had your lawns mown, you had your gardens trimmed. And it was fantastic. The word of mouth was phenomenal and their business went through the roof. So there are a lot of ways to add value and that don't cost any money. Remember, it's the size of the idea that's important, not the size of your budget. So you just need to think about what you can do to add value to your clients for very little money. Don't forget, I want to hear from you. So visit my website at bob at, at bobpritchard.com, sign up for my newsletter, email me, tweet me, become my friend on LinkedIn, and tell me what it is that you want to talk about. So that's it from me, Bob Pritchard. It's great to be back home in LA again, and I thank you for listening to my show. I hope you enjoyed it. I will be back at the same time next week. And don't forget my interview coming up with the great Gene Simmons. In the meanwhile, kick some butt and have some fun. See you again next week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.